And welcome to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management, a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds, and what they can do to protect and make you money in these turbulent times. Uh, ways to get a hold, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, pick up the Precious Metal Advisor, which Darren will talk about in just a bit, an investor kit. And as well, for this month, want to mention until the end of March, if you purchase 100 ounces of silver, you'll get one, ounces, uh, one ounce of silver uh, thrown in with every purchase. That is till the end of March. We always start, Darren and uh, Jeremy, with the week that was and the update anyway. So, what, uh, so update me, basically. Well, listen, the bottom line is that silver and gold remain in a great position for buyers, uh, you're looking at a $1,200 gold range right now as we tape the show on Thursday. And in silver, at 1620 So, again, both metals look very poised to move forward from here. They both weathered some uh, additional storms this week with respect to currency fluctuations around the world. And we don't want to waste too much time getting uh, uh, caught up in where we are pricing-wise. Suffice it to say, as we've told our listeners time and time again, this is the accumulation phase of the next uh, cycle in this peak in pricing. We do expect that over the medium to long term, both gold and silver will be incredibly higher than where they are right now. And if you continue to let the wool be pulled over your eyes, you will continue to make the same investing mistakes. So now's the time to pay attention, listen to what other experts have to say about these types of investments and get knowledgeable about what to do in common sense investing. Now, this week, I want to touch base on a couple of things. And right off the top, I want to talk about currency for a minute because there's been a lot of currency turmoil around the world. And what few people will know about this is that, in fact, over the last 12 months, the only two major currencies that gold has not gained ground in are the U.S. dollar and the Swiss franc. Now, the Swiss franc we know a little bit about. If you're a listener to the show, we'll have discussed it at great length. The uh, removal of the peg that the Swiss currency used to have against the U.S. dollar, it's now free-floating, and of course, it fluctuated dramatically. But uh, they expect that there could be a weaker forecast in economic uh, GDP for the world global economy. And of course, as a result, they're trying to stabilize their currency. So at this point in time, Knowing that it's forged forward in every other major currency, including the Canadian dollar, we really want to examine what the first couple of months of 2015 have meant to this market. And we've seen turmoil in the currency markets extend from Russia and Ukraine right into the heart of Europe. And that's essentially where the problem has lied. The central banks are now open 24-7 and they are fighting this currency war and deflation. And again, this is something we expect to happen. We know that there's not deflation in every corner of the world. In fact, we know that there's inflation happening in many, many things that we buy on our day-to-day trips. But against this backdrop, precious metals have been on the rise in terms of all currencies except the Swiss franc and the U.S. dollar. Now, if you look at it from the perspective of what we're seeing going forward, I don't anticipate there being less fluctuation and less turmoil in the currency markets, quite the opposite. I anticipate there will be a very high degree of fluctuation in things like the U.S. dollar, Canadian dollar, and other various currencies that we're close to. And as a result, I would want, if I was an investor, to be making sure my portfolio is backed by an asset like physical gold or silver. And it's it's curious because we would say that gold is doing well in these certain currencies except for uh, the U.S. dollar and the Swiss franc. But in actual fact, it's that those currencies aren't doing well. They're losing value, and it's gold that's just holding value. 
wouldn't you say? Well, again, that's the the key thing to consider here is is actually twofold. One is exactly what you're saying, and the second is where does it lie in relationship to what my currency value is right now? For many people calling in, they'll see a lower price in gold and they'll automatically assume because of the exchange rate, it's not for them. They'll say, hey, I'm going to wait till the price of gold gets higher. But what they don't realize is by the time gold traverses up to $1,400, $1,500 an ounce, it may cost them 30 40% more from that point based on where the currency is heading. Knowing full well that most of the major countries around the world, our country included, are more than willing at this point in time to prop up their currencies, the expectation that they're going to continue to fight this battle should be well in place. And again, this is why I would add gold and silver at this particular moment in time. Yeah, it's, it, to, to me, I mean, you look at anyone who might have purchased gold, uh, so let's say silver trading around 22 to $23 an ounce, which it's been actually over a year and a half, two years since that happened, that since the Canadian dollar has dropped 20% against the U.S. dollar, there the people holding bullion at that point are break-even. No difference. They are. That's right, because of that currency fluctuation. So it's an interesting uh, topic of discussion. But again, if you look, even since January 1st, the following central banks have announced interest rate cuts or other monetary easing measures. The European Central Bank, the Reserve Bank of Australia, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, the Central Banks of India, Canada, Denmark, and Sweden. And in fact, on February the 12th, the Swedish Riksbank announced a surprise rate cut from zero to below zero. And this, they say, is to ensure that inflation rises towards the target. Now, the Riksbank is prepared also to quickly make monetary policy more expansionary, as are most central banks, but they're joining uh, a great large number of central banks, which are now basically uh, having their investors pay for the privilege of lending to their broke governments. It's insane. We don't live in this world. Again, we're very close to it, but in Canada, we've never experienced that, at least in recent history. And imagine you went and took your money to the bank and you actually had to pay to put it in the bank. I mean, we have rates and we have fees that are associated with transactions, but imagine just for the privilege of holding your money in the bank, in the vault, you have to pay. No. Forget it. No, not I mean, happening. And look, and look at the percentage of what the banks actually have to carry in relationship to what they actually hold on paper. It's ridiculous. It's less than 10%. So if I have for every $1,000, I have to actually physically hold less than $100 in real paper currency in the bank. So I don't even know where my money is. When I own gold and silver, I know exactly where it is. I know the serial numbers. I know where the bars are. I even know how they sit on those uh, on those skids or how they sit on those racks when they're being stored. I know where my storage is, and I know how to sell and buy it. It's better than a savings account, in my opinion. And and you can easily rationalize paying a storage insurance fee to to store your physical bullion because you're storing actual bars. You're getting the inventory of those bars, you're getting it insured. Whereas if you're having to pay to put money in a cash in a bank, you don't get that cash back if you even deposited the cash in the first place. Is Then if you look at the insurance side of it, you know how much are those banks actually insured? Because if you look in the United States, they do not have enough money to cover the insurance. <laughs> so if, if a, more banks started going under... 
So again, you could rationalize actually paying to store your physical bullion. That makes perfect sense. Right. But to pay to store my fiat currency seems the most crazy thing I might have ever heard. And it, it, it just goes to show what a crazy time we're living in and that anyone with a bit of rationality should start to say, whoa, wait a minute, maybe I need to start preparing here for when the music stops. This is going to go down as one of the oddest and probably most irrational asset bubbles in history because right now as we speak, trillions, and that's not hundreds of thousands or millions or hundreds of millions or even thousands of millions, that's trillions of dollars are now tied up in debt instruments that are promising uh, to return less than the invested principal. So imagine you go in to buy some gold and the guy selling you the gold says, okay, sir, I'm going to make a couple of promises. One, it's going to be physical. Here are all of your serial numbers and everything. And the second is your purchase price today, including everything is going to be $1,000. And I'm guaranteeing you in four years, it's only going to be worth 800. And you say, okay, great. great. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) That's fantastic. Right. But that's what it's coming to many parts of the world. JP Morgan issued a report just this past week that said $3.6 trillion in government bonds around the world now carry negative yield rates. It's $3.6 trillion that they're just hoping won't lose, will only lose the bare minimum. Not too much. When, so, did, when did that become acceptable? Yeah, why did people accept it? When could that possibly have become acceptable that, hey, we're actually going to guarantee you a loss? How, do, how does that feel? How does that sound? And, and, and investors are happy with that. Well, you'd think that most institutional investors would have gotten wise by now and started adding these types of assets we're talking about to their portfolios, but they haven't because we haven't accepted in the West that gold is an alternative as a hard currency to cash. And yes, it does not have a guaranteed dividend. It does not have a guaranteed interest rate, but it's there. It's tangible. And over time, the lessons we've learned tell us it holds its value. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom Make sure you pick up the Precious Metal Advisor. A lot of the articles and stuff you hear Darren talk about on the show are in that advisor. Just uh, how do we get it? How do we get a hold of it? Oh, you go I to, want some right now. You go to guildhallwealth.com. Mm-hmm. You'll see just under the, the pricing, you'll see the Precious Metal Advisor to sign up. And it comes once a week. And we just put in some of the key articles of the week. So... Um, It's a great piece of information for anyone that wants to stay up to date or start to learn about the market because at the end of the day, you're not going to learn a lot about this market just watching the price. How do I get some gold? I want to get it right now. There are two ways. The first is you can contact us uh, by phone, 1-866-274-9570. We can certainly help you just purchase your physical bullion over the phone and, of course, answer all of your questions. People always have a lot of questions. It is a new market for many people, and we're more than happy to accommodate. Or you can go online. You can go to guildhallwealth.com. Right in the top right corner, you'll see that we have our e-store, and you can log on there, register, and place your order that way. Now, we also have... The RSP coming, which we're hoping will be ready by the end of March. So if that's something that you're interested Mm -hmm. in, you should definitely give us a call. We're using the same platform that we have for our depository, which means within your RSP, you're going to have segregated, allocated physical bullion, which is held outside the banking system, but within your RSP. And you can go and audit your product or look at your product and count count your bars by appointment. 
So this is probably going to be the best way to hold physical bullion in your portfolio. Please feel free to contact us. Let us know that that's something that you're looking for, and we'll make sure to keep you up to date as as we're getting through to the process, which we feel should be ready by the end of this month. Darren, got a question for you as we go into the break, and that is what happens if inflation picks up? We'll get to that after a short break. The number in the meantime to start investing, you heard Jeremy give it to you, one 877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com, and start investing today. More of The Real Money Show coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. That's where you want to start investing online. Precious Metal Advisor, get an investor kit while you're there. Darren, uh, I asked a question before we took a break. What happens if interest rates go up? Well, if interest rates start to rise and inflation, inflation sets yep. in, even modestly, they have a 2% about thereabouts target in both the European and U.S. central bankers. have. That's been pretty much the standard rate of inflation they seek to have. Then basically bonds issued at rates of below 2% will all be losers. The two-year treasury note yields only about 0.63% and even the recent 10-year yield of 1.98% fails to match the Federal Reserve's inflation ambitions. So in this environment of ultra-low nominal yields or even negative real yields, Precious metals, physical bullion, gold and silver as a reserve asset look very attractive. And many central bankers around the world will agree and are busily accumulating gold because of that. And according to a report issued by the World Gold Council in February of this year, governments around the world added 477.2 metric tons of gold to their reserves in 2014. And that's the second biggest in 50 years. Now, if the central banks... These are the people that we trust the most to make economic policy, to decide what should happen with interest rates, should decide what to happen with mortgage rates, should decide what to happen with our bank policies that drive uh, our global economies are adding an asset like gold to the central banks. What does this tell us? Are they leading us astray? Why are they not giving us this information? Why, when you walk into your bank, does your banker or your financial planner at that institution not give you insight on this? Well, they do. They just do it in paper form. And it's the worst form, in my opinion, that you can hold. Uh, We want to hold this asset in its physical form. But getting back to what we were talking, uh, when inflation fears return to the market, as they eventually will, Precious metals will become one of the premier asset classes to hold. And even now, they're performing better than virtually all other world currencies. And the end game is just in sight now. It's becoming part of the regular uh, discussion. Uh, you're getting more and more people talking about it. Uh, this week, I saw an article from uh, none other than Mark Cuban, the famous uh, billionaire and uh, very wealthy sports team owner. Mm-hmm. Some people may have seen him in various TV shows, but everybody knows the name. And he's talking about this being uh, a bubble which will be far worse than the tech bubble of 2000. And when people like Mark Cuban, who are kind of uh, interesting characters as it comes to uh, global economic policy because of their wealth, when they start talking like that, you better listen up because – Sure as heck, they've already taken precautionary measures to protect themselves against what they perceive to be a problem. So if they're telling you publicly that they see this as being one of the biggest bubbles that could rival the the tech bubble of 2000, make it even look small, rest assured they've already made the decision to go in another direction or try and protect themselves. And that's 
interesting to note because if we look around the world, it's not getting any better. The things that we expected to get better just aren't. And again, we've been week over week talking about one in particular uh, topic, which is of great interest to me as it relates to the rest of the European Union. And that is the country of Greece. Everybody knows we've we've brought every weekly update and the latest news out of Greece is truly a head scratcher. After agreeing with the Eurozone to a four-month extension on their debt plan, this new plan to get from here to there, in my opinion, can only be described as completely insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. In order to roll over the current debt, Greece plans to borrow from public pensions. Hmm. And that is the most dangerous game you can play. If they thought that they were that there were potentially going to be uh, riots back when this happened initially with Greece and austerity measures that took place and the amount of cutbacks that had to take place and the job loss and the unemployment, I can only imagine what will happen if they mess this up. They had a T-bill a T-bill auction uh, yesterday. We're taping the show on on Thursday, so this was Wednesday, which was supported by funds from their public retirement fund, and the method employed was. What Greece has decided to do is basically pledge securities into the repo market to raise cash. Now, this cash is then used to bid at auction, and the new funds then are used to pay down past debt. Do you see how that works? We're going to borrow more money to pay down the old money we already borrowed. (laughs) Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. Nice. So while business is good, put it this way, you live a little better than you should, you live a little better yet than you should. And finally, you gain some wealth. And you gain some standing in your community. So you join the local country club, similar to what Greece did when they joined the European Union, right? Okay. You're going to get in there and use their currency, and you're going to live it up a little more. Life is good, man. You're, you're enjoying this. You're having fun. You're wearing fun. the pink sweater. Right, and all of a sudden it blows nice. apart. The currency starts to lose value, and the smaller, weaker countries start to fall apart. Greece is a perfect example. Their debt load is way too high. They've restructured a number of times. They've now got another four-month extension. And this is really just the tip of the iceberg, John. This is why countries around the world are moving to own gold and why investors should be doing the same thing. Because for us to sit here and think that countries like ours, our great country of Canada, can't see the same thing happen would be foolish. Why even chance it? I can imagine how many people are listening to our show right now who otherwise had been in the stock market many times, but never ever have they had such a more such a difficult time now as they had before trying to buy a stock, trying to guess what the next great thing is. Don't try to guess. Own assets which are going to protect you. Own gold and silver. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. While you're there, pick up that precious metal advisor, Darren Wrights. You've been hearing him speaking about it. He knows what he's talking about. Right, Jeremy? He absolutely does. Teaches me something every day. Um, <laughs> and he's uh, very, very well versed on what's, ha- what's happening out there in the markets. We want to stick to the fundamentals, though. Gold and silver are a store of value. And despite what you see in the price day in, day out, we're very myopic in our views that way, where if it's not moving for me today, forget it. But we, what we really want to do is look at the long term and how gold and silver have worked long term against currencies. Currencies are in a very tenuous state right now. In fact, there was just an article out that showing that there's a billboard in Singapore showing that the renminbi, the uh, Chinese yuan, is saying that they're the next world's reserve currency. So they're already touting it. And we already know that the the U.S. dollar, while it looks like it's strong, it is based around the, the idea of the petrodollar and, and more and more countries are starting to not utilize that. So 
paper currencies are in a lot of trouble, when it finally starts, when the first domino starts to fall, you don't want to wait till gold and silver have already jumped up 20% to finally make that purchase, which is why you're not going to learn anything from, from watching the price every day. There's just nothing to be gained. And this is why it's so important. Get something like the Precious Metal Advisor, where Darren writes articles almost weekly in that, as well as compiling articles for the Precious Metal Advisor. What a great way to learn about the market, because you're not going to learn a lot about it from the major news networks until it's just too late. Darren, you know, a little article you you uh, you threw me here. I want to uh, run it by you, see if you want to get into this. That is the five sure signs the U.S. economy is finished, like you guys have been talking about for a year and a half. Right. Well, these are the headlines versus the truth, John, and you're right. The signs and the writing are on the wall. And again, I would argue that if you look at even the headline features of the economic reporting, you'll find the data. You just have to be willing to research and do a little bit of looking into it. One of the signs that's surely very scary to me is that in recent uh, CNN exit polls, 78% of Americans said they are worried about the economy, with 69% saying economic conditions are not good. And 65% of those people believe the country is on the wrong track. Now, far be it for me to suggest I know better than those people or that the economic minds that run these central banks of the world are, are by any stretch of the imagination, uh, lesser of a mind than me. I'm just looking at it from a pure perspective of, of are people happy? Do you get the sense that when you walk around, people are, are going out there and spending disposable income? They're, they're making those trips happen for their family. They're getting out there and spending the extra buck on the, uh, the items that they may not need, but they can afford to buy because disposable income is at its all-time high. That's not what we're seeing. In fact, right now, the gap between the, uh, the, gap between the high and low income groups is the widest it's been in almost 100 years in North wow. America. And the share of U.S. consumers who call themselves middle class has never been lower. And that's adjusted for everything that brings us to present day. But those aren't the only signs. If you look at home ownership in the world's largest economy, the U.S., it continues to plummet. And again, we saw a small uptick from 2001 to about 2008, give or take. And then it's just started to go down now. And homeowner vacancy rates uh, are still very high. They're very consistent. People are just giving up their homes. But um, in addition to this, we're also seeing real wages that are falling. And real wages uh, is a real clear sign that the economy is not picking up full steam. I mean, just think of the number of people you know who have, uh, you've seen, you know, socially or otherwise, friends, family members who have touted the best security they've ever felt in a job, who have come home and told you, I just got the job of a lifetime, who have come home and told you they're going to make over 100000 next year. How many people do you know that are actually doing that? Well, maybe in the early 2000s, things seemed pretty good. You know, we were speculating in many areas, real estate among them being one of the chief uh, reasons why our economy was driving itself higher. And of course, that, you know, came to somewhat of an abrupt end when 2008 hit, at least in the U.S. Here in Canada, we haven't really experienced that. And I still see signs that people are touting real estate, real estate, real estate. It's among other things, one of the good assets that you can own long term. There's no doubt about it. But to think that we can still speculate by buying now and flipping in a couple of years or even a year from now, we might be sorely mistaken. 
I'd be moving to better assets than that, and there are all kinds of things. But one of the other things is the real wages, and they're falling. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com to start investing. Darren, keep going. Well, median inflation-adjusted income last year was $2,100 lower in the U.S. than in 2009 and $3,600 lower than average uh, in 2001. And according to recently released data from the Social Security Administration, 50% of all American workers made less than $28,031 a year, while a whopping 39% brought home less than twenty grand. Those are scary numbers. Can't man. survive on that. Wow. that. That's, you know, you're falling close to the poverty line and some below. And the percentage of people in the workforce has dropped too. It's dropped all the way down to actually 62.7%, which is matching the uh, lows set back as far as February of 1978. Hmm. A remarkable 92 plus million people are not in the labor force. And do you know how they get around that, John? The headlines... It's really simple. They change the way they measure it so that now if you're a person who may be able to work but have run the course in terms of your social assistance, have run the course in terms of your welfare applications and basically cannot find work, you're no longer counted. You don't count towards that participation rate. Yet the participation rate as we used to measure it is at one of the lowest points in history and Canada is started to do the same thing. It's scary. If you don't own the right assets, how can you plan to protect your wealth? Pretty scary news, man. Here you are thinking the whole time the biggest issue in the States was legalizing marijuana. Not so much, right? No. <laughs> well, uh, we'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. A reminder for one ounce of silver, uh, you'll get that. One ounce of silver for every 100 ounces purchased till the end of March. Take advantage. More of The Real Money Show coming up. Talk Radio AM 640. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver over to guildhallwealth.com. And a reminder, the special on till the end of March, one ounce of silver for every 100 ounces purchased through Guildhall. So I want to get into uh, to diamonds here, Jeremy. And uh, I should mention this. I was at the mall the other day, and I walked into, um, ah, name of that store, jewelry store, expensive, high-end. You, you walked into an expensive, high-end jewelry yes, store. Yes, exactly. We don't and, need to uh, advertise. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Right. But as soon as you walked in the door, the place kind of goes around about, you know, 40 different cases. And right in the front case, as soon as you walk in the door... They're displaying natural uh, yellow diamonds. So you can see the popularity. Now, I mean, I would never go there because there's three security guards and nice lighting and cappuccino, so their overhead's killer. But I'm just saying, popularity-wise, everybody's waking up because it's the first thing they're showing you when you walk through the door Yeah, it's yellow diamonds, right? It's beautiful. It stands out. It's different. Definitely definitely on-trend type of of, uh, jewelry to have. I know for for myself when I was searching for a diamond ring for my fiance at the time now my wife we had uh we just had fun we went to all these different stores and experienced what what's out there and and one of the things I noticed was that finding a really good quality white diamond was really tough forget color diamonds of various quality right, right. just finding a quality white diamond was was tough and uh, to, to even know what that is, we, uh, we encourage everyone to um, come to Guildhall, look at the colored diamonds, and learn what a, what a good diamond you is bet. to begin with. You learn, you know, learn what those four C's are, not just what they are, but what they mean. And, um, and what I noticed was when we went over to colored diamonds, it was, whoa, 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 we can't just show you those over the, the counter. We have to put on the white gloves and... You have to really? come sit over at a different table. Oh, wow. And and then finding out what type of quality it was, 
you know, I just kind of shaking my head to myself. Because hey, you're you're just you're just some guy. They have no idea who you are or right. what you do. That's right. the best part. Right. So, but you know, it it wasn't the point. The point was just to say to say, oh, you know, what what what's out there? What what kind mm-hmm. of? And this is jewelry. These type of stores are going for effect, pure effect. Does it look right. beautiful? Is right. it going to make her feel special? That's what they're looking for. Yeah. And as long as you get that, you might be willing to spend any price to get that. Just like you know, people don't buy Ferraris just because for the price. They buy it because what it's going to make them feel like. It's a prestige car. It's a prestige car, and mm-hmm. God knows they're not going to yeah. let the engine out. Yeah. You know, they're not really going to find out what it what it can do. But on the other hand, with colored diamonds, if you are buying the quality and you're buying super high quality in colored diamonds, which are already extremely rare, and I'm sure we've talked about that enough on the show of how rare yeah. they are, you can get a sense of, of the value of it and what that value means because most people, when they're buying jewelry, they're willing to overspend. It's just a luxury item, and again, it's going for effect. So, oh, it's okay. Let's, you know, let's just blow some money. To other people, it's, well, what... I want to make sure that that's going to bring some value to me down the road. And if you move into a colored diamond, you're you're really in rarefied air at that point. And I think even just buying colored diamonds in general and having that as part of your jewelry collection is already staking out your individuality. Mm-hmm. But to buy something of really good quality, now you're into investment range where that diamond, even if you're enjoying it, even if you passed it down, the, the value of it's going to continue to grow. And we've seen that in our collection year over year. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman just yesterday who he was looking at buying a couple of diamonds for his twin boys uh, over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I could have squeezed it in. I would have really squeezed it. I remember talking to him that I could have done, I could have helped him purchase two fancy yellows. I know what's coming. For 20,000. Right. And today, I cannot do it for less than twenty four. A year and a, a half year, later. A year and a half later. Yeah. Now, part of that is because of the exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Part of that is simply because the prices have gone up, and it's it's tough to to keep the margins where where they need to be. So even at very low margin on those, we just can't do it. So passing up on the opportunity, in my mind, is a little bit like just throwing away a winning lottery ticket. Right. As far as colored diamonds are, because for me, I don't know if I'm being long winded here, but to me, holding a natural fancy colored diamond as part of my assets really feels like secure, safe money in the bank. And as we know, money in the bank right now is not getting any return at all. Well, how about, how about, how about physically holding it? This is, this is an asset, uh, not only an investment, but you really need to come and see these. You, you know, a computer screen is good no matter how, how high your, your resolution. But the, I've seen these because, you know, Paul's brought them in here and they're like, holy cow, until you actually physically go and see one of these diamonds, have it in your hand under proper lighting. And then that might push you to make that, uh, that last final decision to invest because you really have to go see them, right? That's right. What we, what we do is we'll walk a client through understanding the different color values, whether to see the difference between a fancy and an intense and then an intense up to a vivid. Okay. And then you get to see what the price difference on those one carat fancy to a one carat intense to a one carat vivid, all of the same quality and essentially, but just the color value being different and what that can do to the value of the diamond. 
And it's really interesting to just see people learn so quickly and start to understand the value of the diamonds. And again, it's once you understand the value of the diamonds, there's a reason the majority of our diamond clients buy multiple diamonds. It's because once they get in, they understand what that diamond can do for you. They get a taste for it, right? Absolutely. And we have, a, for example, we have uh, some pink diamonds right now on the site that we really had no choice but to raise the prices on. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a half-carat intense pink emerald cut from the Argyle mine. Last year it was comfortably selling in and around 135 and, okay. and today we really have no choice but to sell it for 162 essentially because it will cost a lot more money to replace a diamond like that. And uh, for anyone looking to make that sort of investment, knowing that in several years' time, it should be comfortably trading. I don't want to say trading, but the value of it, you would be looking to purchase something similar in the high 200s, if not low 300s, within a few years. It's not the, and is that not the mindset of the investor that, that come into Guildhall? They're not, they're not day trading these diamonds. They're going to buy one and sit on it for a decade, 15 years, maybe till the retirement, and then turn around and say, wow, look at that. Look what this thing just did in 15, 20 years, right? Yes, I think I think – the, the long-term outlook is always going to feel much better for them in terms of the gains that mm-hmm. can be had. Turn, really, buying a diamond and selling it within a year or two years is really for investors looking to purchase a, a diamond worth a million dollars or more right. because a diamond like that can go up literally every quarter in terms of the diamonds. Why is that? The, the reason why those diamonds are moving up like that is because they are so rare they're irreplaceable diamonds, and so the the prices are constantly moving. If you're putting in, you know, twenty five to fifty thousand, the longer you hold it, the better the benefits. So why would you why would you sell after four years or five years or seven years? The benefits are are much later. That's why we're always talking about diamonds as in as as retirement plan. It's so easy to buy a diamond for thirty thousand dollars today. Knowing that in 20, 20 years it could be worth three hundred thousand. It's amazing, right? Now, listen. There's no guarantees in life, but when you're buying super quality, when you're buying complete rarity, you're putting, you're stacking all the cards in your favor. We're not just buying a colored diamond. You could buy any pink diamond, and and most likely it will gain value simply because there's only so many pink mm-hmm. diamonds out there. And when I say there's only so many, I'm saying that. When De Beers tries to calculate how many diamonds come out of the ground every year, they don't bother calculating colored diamonds because it's so infinitesimally small. There's no point trying to calculate it. So that's just how rare they are to begin with. So knowing that, you know that it's such a comfortable investment. The longer you hold, the more you can make, which is why it makes so much sense to hold it for retirement. It's so easy to buy twenty-five. $30,000 diamond today and not worry about it. You're done. You don't have to think about the retirement anymore. There's so many people that that work, oh, I'll figure out retirement later. You know, we'll, we'll start time. that we'll start that yeah. plan next 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 month, next next week. Now, granted you're not going to just make small payments to this. This is going to be you're going to make a one-time purchase, mm-hmm. but it's a one-time purchase that, in my experience and Darren's experience, definitely in Paul's experience, everyone at Guildhall, they know, and our clients, and we're more than happy to uh, give references as well to happy clients and, and show the type of gains that they've had. But it's such an easy investment that it just makes sense to buy something like that for your retirement or for your kid's education. What a wonderful way to say, okay, I'm going to put 
$20,000 into a diamond that in 20 years should pay for comfortably more than half of their education. How cool would that be when they're first born, right? Absolutely. Yep. The education education isn't going to get cheaper. It's only going to keep getting more expensive. But even with that in mind, you have to think about the gains on these. And, you know, I, I read an article they were recently. They were saying um, a third of Americans haven't made back what they lost in the Great Recession from 2008. And another third said that they've gotten back. But getting back to where you were in 2008 means you're actually behind. That's not progress. Right. That's not progress at all. So you need to be making over not just what the government considers inflation, but what you see around you as the proper inflation. So I would say, this is just me personally, but I would think that you'd need 7 8% a year to comfortably be beating inflation or at least matching it. And so we can definitely see those valuations growing in colored diamonds in in the same numbers or or higher depending on what you're looking to invest. One eight seven seven eight silver over to guildhallwealth.com online. Talk about the investor kit or at least the uh, the 10-step buying guide for buying a uh, natural fancy colored diamond as well. So we put the 10-step buying guide together because we understand that the majority of people buying, as we were talking at the top of the segment, any sort of jewelry, basically do it blind. They basically do trust the the retailer or the friend of the friend. And most of the time, they're very helpful salespeople. There's, there's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. But to go a little bit further, when you're starting to look at investment grade diamonds and color diamonds specifically, you really want to get, to, you really want to be able to say, okay, I don't have to know everything there is to know, but what are some things that I can easily follow as a guide? Some broad strokes, right? Exactly. So for example, I'm not going to give away all 10 steps, but is is the company that you're purchasing it from a member of the NCDIA? It's a very simple thing because the NCDIA has a dual mandate. One, promote colored diamonds. Two, police the industry. Are you are you ethically sound? Are you good for the industry? Are you, you know, are you a hassle? And um, we've seen them kick people out and, and we've been a member for quite some time. And it's a small group. It's really, a small right? group. Another thing is, is uh, and I'll, this will be the last step I'll, I'll talk about and then I'll encourage you just to pick it up, right. is, is champagne diamonds. You know, champagne diamonds are, are not rare at all. Uh, just because they're not white doesn't mean they're a color diamond. Uh, they're, they're essentially brown diamonds that you can call caramel or cognac or champagne. That's not an investment. So even if someone said, oh, I've got a six-carat champagne diamond. Whatever. That doesn't necessarily make it an investment. So... These are things that you want to watch out for. So we created this 10-step guide to, to show as well that Guildhall is not afraid of transparency. We're not afraid to show you what to look for. And we hope that by being that transparent that, you're, that, that we will gain our customer loyalty that way. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver You want to start investing, guildhallwealth.com is the website. Grab the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, and get on board with that 10-step buying guide to buying a natural fancy colored diamond. And a reminder, one ounce of silver for every 100 ounces purchased till the end of March. More of The Real Money Show coming up. And back to The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, you know it by now, one eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. And till the end of March, you purchase 100 ounces of silver, you'll get an ounce free right there. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's how we roll, guys. Let's, uh, let's summarize what we've done so far uh, on this show this week. We'll get into a little bit of... Uh, well, let's talk about this right off the top. You're excited about this one, Darren, as well, and that is the uh, RSPs, Liras, RIFs, all the stuff you can use now for uh, purchasing. 
with yes. Google. Awesome. If, if you have put your money uh, into a registered account, whether it's an RSP, whether it's a TFSA, a Lira, a RIF, RESP, these are now going to be uh, usable accounts at Guildhall Wealth Management. It's coming very shortly. We're excited. This is kind of the soft launch, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be touting this for some time and, of course, talking about every opportunity with every client we have. But this is the opportunity for you to take your RSPs, uh, your mainstay investments, and get them in physical gold and silver through Guildhall Wealth Management. We're excited for this, and this is something that's been in the works for a long time. And and what makes this really special is the fact that you're holding physical bullion outside the banking system. It's segregated. It's allocated, meaning it's your product is separated out from all other product in the depository. Your serial numbers are given to you. There's zero counterparty risk involved with that. You can go and look at your bars and audit your bars, check the serial numbers against what, what you were shown, Go month over month, year over year, just like you would a safety deposit box. Go in and look at your bullion and see the scratch and dent on on the bar if it's a big bar, or just check the serial numbers. You get to you get to hold it in your hand while it's in your RSP. So Pretty cool. it's not paper, and that's the key here: is that if something happens, what's the point of holding gold and silver if it's in paper? You know, if everything is is valued in in dollars. What's the point of holding paper? It could do great, but if the the dollar's going down, it doesn't mean anything. So this is an international currency when you own physical bullion and we are excited to have this. We're we're just putting the finishing touches on it. So definitely get in touch with us if you're if that's something that you're looking to do so we can keep you up to date and get you ready to go right when right at the same time we are. And in the meantime, purchasing at the e-store is a good move as well. You can do it in your house code, guys. Very simple, right? Very simple. Online. Wake up on a Saturday or Sunday morning listening to the show. And again, you can just go ahead, log on to guildhallwealth.com. Top right-hand corner, you're going to see a icon for the e-store. You can set up your account in moments, and you can be purchasing the same day. So this is exciting. You can take delivery of that product, like Jeremy was saying, and of course, you can always store with Guildhall. Now, we were talking earlier in the show about where the markets are going. Jeremy did a fantastic job in the diamond segment, and it gets me very excited. But one thing I wanted to mention was... If you've been watching our site for some time, you'll notice just recently, in fact, the tail end of this week, we actually had to put pink diamonds. They started to go up in price. So we wanted to uh, let people know that this is the time of year when this occurs. It generally happens closer to our first major date of the year, which is going to be the June show, uh, JCK uh, Diamond Show in Las Vegas. And of course, we've found out as each year passes that it becomes more and more difficult to procure the quality of diamonds we're used to having for our clients. And as a result, Argyle Diamonds are now going up in price. Uh, There are a number of diamonds that already started by tail end of the week. There are three of them. And if you were watching the site for a while, these are substantial increases. So the new asking prices are much higher than they were. And of course, this is a reflection of what it is going to cost us to replace those diamonds now. So again, if you've been thinking about buying a diamond, this is likely to happen with the majority of our pinks. And Jeremy was making a very good point. I really do as an investor like rarity. Uh, For me, that's one of the key hallmark reasons to own an asset like a colored diamond. And when you're looking at pinks in particular, as a color of diamond of choice, one thing you want to remember is that these don't come from 
but a handful of places in the world. And really, when it comes down to pinks, there's only one major supplier, and that is the Argyle Mine in Western Australia. And when Jeremy was talking about the percentage of diamonds that come out of the ground and why De Beers doesn't track those percentages, it's because if you can imagine, 80% to 90% of the pinks coming out of the ground come from one mine. And of course, that's Rio Tinto. They are the parent company and it is a public company. So it's well documented that the scarcity of these diamonds is only increasing as time goes on, especially if you relate that to clarity and to the rarity of the diamond. And really, when it comes down to it, you're looking at of their total supply of diamonds coming out of the ground, less than 1% being pink. The majority are brown, and then from brown we go to whites, and then we go to some off-color diamonds, and then we go to our pinks. And that means that even though we can find one mine and rely on that mine right now for total production the world over, and rest assured we know we're going to get to another tender next year and have the chance to buy more diamonds, mm-hmm. when only 1% of their product coming out of the ground is actually pink, the type of product that we're after, the type of product we bring to our clients, it's not going to get cheaper. If you're thinking about buying that pink diamond and starting your investment portfolio with a pink diamond, don't hold off for four or five years. I'm telling you right now, you'll pay the price. And literally. 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 Yeah. I, listen, we had, we had a client that was looking at a pink diamond last year for 22000 And, you know, he took a pass, which was perfectly mm-hmm. fine. You know, wh- all we're asking is to understand, we, we know that this is a best kept secret that this is a, an opportunity to look at, to learn about. No one's going to jump into it without knowing what the opportunity is. And so we're, we're looking for people to want to learn about that opportunity. But this gentleman in particular, you know, he was looking at the pink and he decided it wasn't for him at the time. And this year he decided that he did want to get involved in natural fancy colored diamonds. At this, t- at this point, though, he wasn't able to buy the pink anymore, right. so he did move down to a yellow. But that's fine. They're they're both moving up, and the point is is to hold that diamond, and, and and that's often what it takes. Is that we'll see people who will watch the market for a year, two years before they say, okay, uh, I I, I want to get in. Yeah. I, I can't buy what I could have bought, but I I do see the value of it, and I think that's what we're we're here to talk about is understanding the value of this and and seeing it as such a great opportunity, and that we are offering such transparency to show our clients what it's all about so that they can feel confident when they're taking advantage of the opportunity. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom and you can also diversify with, within the company, right, Darren? Because you can go with a little bit of diamonds and some precious metals. Right? Most people do, John. Yep. This is, in fact, where most people start is precious metals. I mean, a lot of our buyers started with gold, silver in their portfolios and then ventured into colored diamonds after. It's not to suggest that's the only way it goes, but a lot of buyers have done that. And the only difference with colored diamonds is, uh, and we want to be very transparent about this, is that liquidity is different when it comes to colored diamonds. You'll want to go with a recognized seller. You'll have to put that diamond out on the market, and you'll have to push it with good PR and marketing to let people around the world know it's available. There are several options for you when it comes to selling the diamond, but we're hoping that you'll choose to stay with Guildhall 
and we'll put that diamond out into the world market in four, five, 10, 20 years, whatever it takes. And we will push that diamond out to the world to show them what has, again, increased in price and rarity. A couple other points I want to make is that we're watching this week with precious metals where the economies are heading. And uh, we're expecting China to make an announcement. And by the time this show is recorded, they may have already uh, suggested that their GDP for this year is expected to be slightly lower than expected. And again, we're watching for signs of recession. Really, that's going to become the focus uh, of our discussions in shows down the road. Right now, we're looking at real numbers, and it's looking as though the real economy is starting to slightly implode. Uh, recession numbers are very easy to see. And of course, obviously, we, we would tout that there would be a recession if we saw things like negative GDP growth. But what we're watching tells us that currencies are going to continue to fluctuate. We're seeing very low demand for factory orders. In fact, factory orders are decreasing. We're watching the Baltic Dry Index, which is the index which measures the amount of shipment containers going back and forth across the world. We're watching that index fall to all-time lows, lower than what it was in even 2008 and 9. And we're also keeping an eye on what people are saying. We brought to you this week an article from Mark Cuban talking about this potentially being the biggest bubble since the tech bubble of the uh, early 2000s. And of course, he is somebody that we're not always watching. He's not always on the main uh, stage in terms of economic advice. But when people start talking about that, you have to pay attention. This is a conundrum. We're following it very closely. And these are reasons why we own gold and silver. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, wrap it up. To buy gold and silver, you can go to the e-store. It's very, very easy. You log on, you register, you can choose from the product. All of the product that is on that site, by the way, is available for delivery. And we do do free delivery above $5,000. Of course, for every 100-ounce bar of silver you purchase, you'll get a one-ounce bar of silver along with that. So the end of March, right? So you do Exactly. You do get a bonus, and our prices are very competitive. So it's a great way to get into the market and buy on a regular basis and just know that if you get the itch or you decide, oh, I like the price today, you can just quickly log on to your account and make that purchase. You can also call us if you want to ask us any questions about, about precious metals. We get asked all sorts of questions about the refineries or about pricing and all of these things. You should be informed when you make that purchase, and that's that's the service that we give at Guildhall beyond just giving competitive prices. So feel free to touch base with us there. And as well, if, you, if you're new to the market or you want to stay informed in the market, you'll want to subscribe to the Precious Metal Advisor. And a reminder, folks, that uh, very shortly coming down the pike, you can be using registered funds to make your purchase as well. Looking forward to that. Another option for you to start investing. In the meantime, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver And make sure you go over to guildhallwealth.com to start investing there as well. This has been The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM 640.